When it comes to your finances, go for the credit card that's always there for you. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, that means no more waiting for, quote, normal business hours just to get a hold of someone. We're talking real service from real people whenever you need it. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to the Jill on Money podcast. It is Sunday, September 19th, and we are giving you the second part of our interview with Teresa Gillarducci and Kevin Hassett. Yep, one's left, one's right. They came up with a game plan, and the game plan is a simple one. It's kind of like they went through the whole retirement planning landscape, and they said 401ks, not really working, not many companies have the actual ability to provide because they're small companies. They don't have ability to provide plans to people. So what is the best model? Well, it exists. It really does. It exists at the federal government level, the thrift savings plan. So here is Teresa Gillarducci and Kevin Hassett and concluding our interview with talking about why the government's thrift savings plan is the perfect model for retirement for all Americans. I want to tell you a funny story. So 100 years ago, I was an investment advisor and I would have government employees say to me in the 90s, I have this terrible retirement plan. It's called a thrift savings plan. And I don't get to invest in technology funds. I just have this horrible plan. There's hardly any choices. And as it turns out, it is really the model because the thrift savings plan, as you guys outline this in the paper, low expense ratios you're automatically enrolled. There's a match. It's pretty simple in terms of allocation. Um, You get rollovers. You don't have conflicted managers who are running these funds, right? Basically get a good chunk of asset management that is essentially pretty reasonable in terms of pricing. And the plan itself is not hard. So how do we expand the thrift savings plan to everyone? How would it actually work? Thank you, Jill. That was a great, (laughs) that was a good summary of Kevin and my paper about here's this design of a good pension system sitting right in front of us. And the federal government who cares about their employees and the public purpose can help get everybody in the plan. So we have 
a, a plan that's modest at its beginning. So the plan right now is that everybody who makes below the median wage, which is about $64,000 um, median income um, to a household, for people who are in the bottom half of the, of the income distribution, of the earnings distribution, uh, who don't have a plan, would be put into a thrift savings plan sidecar, you know, for private sector workers. Mm-hmm. So automatic, that whole talk about tax rates just brings up the point that lowest income workers, and these are the people in home health care, who in, in hotels and restaurants, um, who are doing gig work, all the people in those lower wage jobs would be put into a TSP, but not asked to contribute you know, out of their minimum wage jobs, the federal government, instead of giving big tax breaks or in top of getting big tax breaks to people at the top, would give a supplement, would contribute for that worker so that workers would save a little bit, but the federal government would provide the other match. And that's the beauty of TSP, you know, that works because there's a match and that's the beauty of our plan. So that's the way we're going to do it, Jill, is that everybody who's not in a plan who are making below a certain amount, half of the workforce would be put into a TSP for most, what we call it for most plan. By the way, I went to tsp.gov. You can actually take a loan. It's the same thing. You can borrow up to $50,000. I would ban that. Jill, every time I testify in Congress on this, I say, stop with that. Congress, if you want to have emergency savings for people and you want to give tax breaks for it, then do that, but call it emergency savings. This is actually something that's a work in progress. And you, and, and you can see Teresa and I kind of disagree and a lot of you know people we talk about in Washington disagree about this. The thing I'm worried about, I totally get where you're coming from, is that if, if I'm just sort of barely making it, And then you tell me, well, we're going to match your savings if you put it in this box, but you can't take it out for 40 years. Then I'm going to be less likely to want to put my money in there. Mm. And if I knew that if like little Jimmy needed an operation or something that I could get the money out, then I'd be more likely to put money in today. And and so for me, I think it's a tricky issue, but I would lean towards letting people borrow from it. I'll tell you what I would do. I think that it's okay to have circumstances that you could apply that you would say you can have an emergency withdrawal and we'll waive the penalty. I hate the whole loan concept. I don't like people using their 401ks as piggy banks. You know, know, people have pensions their whole lives. I know teachers, they've got pensions. There's no loan program against your pension. And people participate because we tell them you got to participate. So, all right, now let's move on because I'm on my soapbox. I'm standing up. I have (laughs) my microphone is lifted up. I'm standing up. Kevin, all of your former colleagues, are they, um, are they like, oh, come on, dude, why are you working with this chick? I want to know a little bit of the backstory, you know, name names and embarrass anyone you wish. Go forth. Tell us <laughs> well, what they, what's well, the reaction been? Well, you mentioned that, that Teresa's a recidivist on your show, but I'm kind of a recidivist of working with, uh, you know, well-known Democrats when there are good policy ideas that both people ought to support. And, you know, one example is that, you know, Dean Baker and I, and then even Jared Bernstein is in the White House now, uh, have worked together on a couple of policies that I really like with Dean. Uh, we were the guys who, who helped craft the change in the unemployment insurance law so that there'd be more work sharing. So you could take like, you know, cut your hours by 20% and get 20% of your UI benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, if that helps, you know, people in bad times stay employed and keeps them from becoming long-term unemployed. And Dean and I worked closely on that. Uh, Jared Bernstein and I worked closely on opportunity zones. And, and so I think that, 
you know, finding areas of opportunity where everybody ought to agree because it's just a, you know, good idea is something that I've been doing for a long time. And I'm just thrilled that in the retirement space, there's something like that that uh, Teresa's yeah. attracted to. Jill, we do come, Kevin and I come from different political worlds, but we do share a profession as economists. And this area, having a way that everybody can accumulate savings from the beginning of their career, save it, invest it well without the conflict-flicted advisors, without the, the bad choices, and then have it be their wealth to supplement Social Security is really an economist's idea that we are, we are, both Kevin and I care about the public purpose and we want well-designed programs. And this, this area, it's, it's kind of simple. As you say on your show, you have to accumulate enough money, do it consistently, start early, invest it well, and then deaccumulate it so it lasts your lifetime. So we have a very a lovely way to come together to say for, for equity and for efficiency, we need to have this program available to everybody. I'm I'm on board, but I'm worried that you're just not going to get the attention in the middle of this polarized political climate. And also one where, you know, it's so weird when I hear about all the energy that has um, going into various bills that are up, you know, blah, 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 you know, infrastructure, this that, and the other thing. It always feels like retirement is like the afterthought. I oh, know. yeah, let's do this thing. Oh, yeah. Or like, OK, um, yeah, let's. Oh, we have a secure act. OK, so now you can do all sorts of weird stuff. Uh, you, no stretch IRA. Okay? But like, there's weird stuff. And then, of course, amid the pandemic, you had all those changes, you know, like, RMDs waived and all that stuff. But all of that was done in in a in a vacuum of this time constraint called COVID. Why can't we get the attention of people around retirement? It would certainly, I mean, Kevin, in your universe of people who are very concerned about debt and deficit, it would certainly behoove us to stop weighing on the system and plan ahead of time for retirement rather than having people basically retire and being poor and tapping the government for help. Yeah, you know, and exactly, we, you know, Teresa and I make this point that one way to think about whatever the budget cost of this is, is that you're borrowing at almost a negative interest rate, you know, that's what the government's increased deficit does, but then investing it in, you know, basically a bundle of financial instruments that have a much higher rate of return, you know, stocks and bonds. And and so for society as a whole, it kind of has to be a net positive, right? Because you're borrowing at a low rate and investing at a higher rate. And, and so I think that logic like that should eventually draw people together. You know, I think it's hard to predict when everybody's going to decide to be an adult in Washington. It happens, you know, every now and then. Um, but I think that the job of policy analysts uh, like me and Teresa is to have some good ideas sitting there ready to go. And, and once people decide to try to do the right thing and work together. Okay. Uh, that's a really good point about how policymaking, I mean, Kevin and I and other people have have the plan and the research there available if it's going to have a take up. But retirement is a lot like climate change, that these are investments now for big returns later. And it's really hard for people to see the later. But I think there are a couple of reasons why now is the time that these tweaks to the retirement system actually may balloon into big, broad reform. One is that boomers are reaching retirement with their expectations not being met. So there's going to be a real political mo movement around this kind of downward mobility in retirement. It's just mm -hmm. something has to be done. There is now more collective action. There is a, a sense that working together, even in unions, you know, is the way to get um, something big done. 
this is an era of like big, big changes. And Jill, there are people like you who come from the money management industry. I think every single money manager that I've talked to and you have know the system has failed. And if we can figure out a way to get the good people in the money management industry to kind of break ranks, you know, from the predators, you know, then then this idea that we can manage wealth for everybody. And the last thing that makes this time good is that people are rethinking the way that wealth gets accumulated in this country. So many people have been left behind in the past 40 years. And so if we can actually tie in this kind of wealth for everybody movement is a matter of equity, then I think our proposal actually has a chance to be these kind of once in 50 years um, leapfrog forward. We need to supplement Social Security. Social Security is not good enough on its own. Supplement Social Security so that people have pensions for everybody. And most people want that. Thanks so much to Teresa Gillarducci and Kevin Hassett. Uh, we will make sure that you hear a little bit about their progress and to see if they get any traction with this idea. If you've got a retirement question, if you have an insurance question, if you have a tax question, if you have any question that is remotely connected with money, give us a shout. Go to our website, jillonmoney.com, hit the contact button, and then we will get that message. Don't forget to tell us if you want to come on the air with us. We really would love that. Try to do something nice for someone else today. Grit, growth, grace. It's Sunday. How about some gratitude? We'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.